welcome to the Petty Profit Podcast Weekly Man Hug Edition. Uh, this is a longer one, so we're just going to jump right into it. And uh, what we did this week is each of us brought a subject to the table, and we kind of surprised the other two with it. Uh, so each of us had something that we wanted to talk about, and um, we took turns discussing each subject that we had chosen, and uh, the other two kind of just had to roll with it. It was, you know, it was interesting. We're just trying a different, you know, a different uh, format here, so... Aaron's subject was uh, about uh, having friends um, in the church and, and outside the church who are true believers in uh, you know critical race theory and the, the kind of the whole woke doctrine. How how to navigate uh, friendships and relationships uh, with with people like that. Um, and then I brought up the subject of education. We talked about uh, just the state of education. Um, how can we change this? How can we uh, turn this around? Uh, what should we be doing with our own kids? Should we be pulling them out of the system? Should we be keeping them in the system to try to improve it? Uh, there are a lot of different thoughts there and, and approaches there. And then uh, my youngest brother, Sam, we talked about fatherhood because, it, you know, if you've been following us for a little while, you know, he has a little baby, a baby girl on the way, which is really exciting. But uh, like like most fathers, like I was, um, he's nervous. He's worried that uh, he's not ready that he's not the man he needs to be yet. <laughs> um, and uh, so we, we talk a little bit about fatherhood and preparing for fatherhood, and uh, it was a good discussion. So welcome. Hope you enjoy it. Let's jump in. How are you guys doing? Good to see you. Let's just start this thing. Let's kick it right off. Um, nothing to report. <laughs> Everything's pretty nothing good. To report. Yep. Good. Just eating my popcorn, watching the decay of our republic. That's you know. Yeah. Is there any um, continues to decay? Lost freedom that we're going to <laughs> talk about today. Yeah, Have you probably. worked on that jingle yet, Sam? For our <laughs> not yet. Lost freedom jingle. Uh, How is the republic crumbling today? Yep, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, tonight I wanted to do something a little different, and uh, you know, it's probably a terrible idea, but hey, it's different, so let's just try it, right? So what we're doing tonight is the three of us are each going to bring one thing that we're going to talk about, and we haven't told the other two what it is. So we're going to each take our turn. We're going to talk about this. And then we just kind of, and then we just respond to it. So the other two have done no preparation for what the third has chosen as the subject, and we're going to go around the table. And so, so what uh, you're going to get to we... see is our our incredible ability to uh, think on our feet and draw from our vast well of knowledge. Because we wisdom. all know that's what everyone has really been needing, yeah, and craving. <laughs> um, Unplanned, yeah, wisdom. impromptu ramblings. Yep. That's, that's exactly <laughs> what we this is, people want. It's what the people want. We have to give them what they want. Yeah. This is our way of sounding purposeful in our complete unpreparedness. <laughs> we should make a tally discussion. of uh, how many ums and uhs each one of us says. Like, just, so, <laughs> just so everyone knows, Aaron is the only person that either the morning of or the night before is like, hey guys, by the way, what are we talking about tomorrow? <laughs> like every week. And then Joel doesn't respond for like six hours. And then he's like, oh, I was thinking about this. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> yep. And then Sam's like, "No, I was thinking about this," and it's always something really stupid. <laughs> yeah, usually. And then Joel completely And then we ignores. don't. And then we don't pick what Sam chooses. And then yeah. Samuel's just rolling his eyes through the whole podcast. And then you guys ignore my like. You don't even like say anything about my suggestion. It just kind of goes on to the next thing. Yeah, we just ignore it. Like, how about this? <laughs> yep. Well, on that note, worst. Sam, why don't you go first? We're Sam, really yeah, excited. I'm not going time to shine. Well, I haven't before, even decided. Before we get, <laughs> don't talking? say that. Well, I edit that out. I, I was about to ask. All if right, I could go last. Because... Well, okay. Well, we're gonna we're, we're gonna give you some time. So I have an first... idea, but I'm trying to think on whether we've talked about it before, and I think we have. So I'm trying to find. Okay. Something. All right. So okay. Before we do all that, let's go around. I want to hear how you guys are doing. Give a give me an update from your week. Um, also, don't forget proper mic discipline. Don't. Uh, <laughs> yep. I don't want <laughs> ASMR. I don't want to hear your boogers whistling in your nasal what? cavity. <laughs> There's a lot up there. Aaron, I I edit the I edit Dude, the podcast, and I have I have flashbacks to when you and I shared a room. I I listen to the podcast, and every time I'm like, man, I breathe in my nose too much. I need, yeah. to, Dude, I need to just shut you, up. I should give you an unedited copy sometime, oh, no. and and hear how you really sound because oh, what no. you hear is after like fifty layers of like heavy heavy like Ooh. editing and sound treatment. <laughs> you should have told me this man i'm gonna be all self-conscious now i'm not gonna breathe i'm gonna hold my breath the whole time yeah and then it's gonna be yeah you know, like your turn to talk and you're gonna be like completely out of breath you're gonna be like <laughs> well, Aaron, you should have the mic up like you should have the mic leave here, me alone guys instead yes, of like you I have want. it you have it right here, and so your yeah. nose goes right it into it. Shouldn't it's be just in pointing the, right up in my nose. It, should be it shouldn't here. be in the pathway of your nose. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. How's here. that? That's better. Is that yeah. good? Better. I think that'll work. <laughs> yep. So, okay. Aaron, how how you been, man? How was your week? <laughs> good. Pretty. I said this last week. I feel like I'm a broken record here, but I pretty uneventful. It's been really hot here. Oh, uh, miserable. At least, at least for Michigan. Very thick in the air. So, um, Taking a lot of trips to the splash pad. Got a lot of splash pads in the area here. So taking the kids there to try to stay cool. So we did that and uh, just been working and uh, chilling with the fam. That's that's about it. Sounds great. Aaron. Yeah. He's such a good family man. Mm, try. All right. Soon to be family man. Mr. Sam, how you been? Yo, pretty good. Uh, pretty Also pretty uneventful. It was kind of sad. I really, I love July 4th. It's just like one of my favorite holidays ever, and mm-hmm. we didn't do anything this past weekend, so oh my that was a bummer, because no one was really doing anything that we knew, um, yeah. and all the parks were closed down, so we couldn't, uh, yeah, no no one was willing to celebrate our day of rebellion by rebelling, because we've mm-hmm. lost our sense of, yeah, you know, but well, I heard L.A., uh, oh, lit yeah. up the sky. Yeah, that was see those awesome. videos? That was pretty inspiring. Same thing happened down, down in Colorado Springs. And, and here, too. I mean, there were a lot of fireworks here. But yep. yeah, everyone is just... I think everyone is just like, no, like we're shooting off fireworks. And it's awesome, yeah, it's man. Up it's in, really cool to see. Uh, our neighborhood here in Michigan, it's very close quarters, a bunch of little like identical houses all in rows. And uh, fireworks are just insane up here. And we had about 10... Over 10 fireworks shows just within a block of our house that's awesome so, so we just looked out our bedroom window and, and there was just fireworks all over the place mm. uh so it was pretty cool no official fireworks shows but you know millions of little 
private fireworks shows all over the place. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I, our 4th of July was, uh, every year on the 4th of July, I have kind of like this little uh, moment of bliss and like very high awareness. And and what it entails is I'm I'm sitting in a chair on a patio with a drink and or a cigar and I'm watching my little children running through the sprinkler in the backyard, you know, with mm-hmm. the in-laws or with the extended family. And um, that moment every year is like the best moment of my life. It's just like I'm always I always take this take like a, a couple seconds to sit there, take it all in, realize that I only have, you know, a few years left to be able to do that. And remember that that moment was paid for by the blood of thousands of young men who will never get to have their own families. Mm. And, um, you know, something that, you know, the, the greatest, richest aristocrats and, and emperors of ancient times, uh, you know, could never have even amounted to that, that level of bliss, in my opinion. So mm. it was awesome. It was a great, great 4th of July. Mm. Awesome. Yep. And then today we went to, I got to tell you guys this. So it was a nice day. We had to get the kids outside. They'd been cooped up because it's been so hot. We've been kind of just like, you know, sheltered in place in the house. We decided it was time to end that. It took them to uh, Ann Arbor, to an Arboretum to walk around. And um, I hadn't been to Ann Arbor in a, in several years, uh, maybe even before uh, 2016. So like I haven't been to Ann Arbor in the years after Trump's election. And I feel like just there's like this dark cloud of misery and anger, like just over the entire city. I don't know if that's just my imagination, <laughs> but everyone's just cranky and mad. I mean, it's probably COVID and stuff like it's that too. Because that's where University of Michigan is, and they're tired everyone of is everyone is rude. Yeah, <laughs> Michigan. Yeah, and their team loses every year. Yep. Like no one was nice. Everyone is dressed like a really weird freaking hipster. You know, there's there's a there's a rainbow flag and a BLM uh, poster in every single yard and every single house. It's just like it's like College zombie town. land. It's like College everyone town. thinks the same. Everyone looks the same. No one is very nice at all. And um, it's just it's, I just felt like I was in this weird heart of Mordor type place, you know. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, that's that's called that's, our universities. That's Joel. just my bias yep. and my prejudice. I think I, it's like me painting what I'm seeing with my own bias. I, I understand that, but um, it just felt that way when I was there. And so we were walking through this arboretum. Um, it's it was a really beautiful day, really beautiful area. And we like walk up this hill and we come upon this beautiful like open clearing. And across this clearing, there is um, there are these girls, probably college students. Um, sitting on this blanket in the in the clearing, and um, Hudson gets to the top of the hill and he sees the girls across the clearing. I've been reading uh, the Chronicles of Narnia to my boys for the last two weeks, which I've been really excited about because I had tried reading it to them initially when they were you know four or five, and they just didn't quite get it. But now they're super into it, and they like they beg me to read one more chapter, one more chapter, and I'm that thrills me to no end that they're into this story. So um, we're about two thirds of the way through Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe now. And um, so we get to the top of the hill or Hudson sees the, the two girls um, on the, you know, on the blanket across the way. And he goes, look, it's two daughters of Eve. He's like, hi, daughters of Eve. (laughs) (laughs) 
and they just like look up like what <laughs> and we're like oh my gosh <laughs> kelsey's like i'm gonna crawl in a hole my daughters of eve it, it, it probably just like they were you guys were in a garden and they yeah, were probably felt thinking, like it like, was a narnia yeah this <laughs> is Holy like hills. narnia yeah. and oh there's two girls oh yeah daughters of eve because daughters like eve, yeah. pretty much like narnia there's just a little connection there yeah, so that was it's a nice funny. that was a nice bright spot as we uh, as we spent our afternoon in the in the heart of uh, of liberal darkness up in Arrow Arbor. So <laughs> very that good. Was my day today. Yep. Um, so here's what we're gonna do. Um, we each uh, picked one one little uh, subject that we will discuss. We'll go around, give each other you know I don't know fifteen twenty minutes each. And we'll we'll discuss it unpreparedly because we just mm. we're so wise and knowledgeable already. Mm. We're we're just ready to pull up facts and logic out of our pocket whenever we need it. So, yeah, who wants to go first? I don't want to go first. Why not? I think Aaron should go first because I know he prepared. Came up with this idea is well, I know, I, but I, I, Aaron, I Aaron is Aaron is the one who always prepares the best for these things. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I kind of took the easy way out this this time, and I came up with a question. So I just have to ask the question and then sit back and let you guys answer it. Nice. Um, okay. Yeah. No, I I have some some thoughts, but uh, but not in depth. So hopefully we'll be able to fill this out. I actually mm-hmm. so maybe two questions and feel free to pick whichever one you want to hit first. In light of all of this craziness going on right now, is there craziness question. going on? There's some little I'd... craziness going on. I don't know. I don't know. Um, just I didn't as we kind of navigate how to how to function in all this as a, as a Christian, how do you, so here's the first question. How do you share the gospel with someone who is convinced that your whiteness and your Christianity permanently label you an oppressor and is hearing everything you're saying through that framework? Okay. So they're already coming to you from the standpoint of, I will not listen to you. You just tell them, well, Jesus was white. So (laughs) (laughs) boom. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Mic drop. Boom. Destroyed. Watch the snowflakes melt. All right. So that, that's one okay. question. Okay. Okay. Uh, second question uh, regards to like Christians with other Christians. How can Christians disagree on... Where's the line of legitimate disagreement um, mm. on, on how to approach this? Mm. Right? Um, and, you know, pick and choose whichever... You know where that line you think may be: police reform, uh, race, uh, all that stuff. Where is it? Where do we draw the line as Christians and say, like, okay, you're now in the realm of like, um, you're in dangerous territory, or it, we can still, you know, disagree cordially mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and still be buddies. So, mm. those are the wow. two questions. Pick whichever one. Dang man, that's lo- those are loaded. We could uh, we could spend the whole time on those, I think. Um, so let's tackle so the first one first, then, huh? The trying the gospel, to sharing the gospel, yeah, like share the gospel and have a gospel influence on somebody that thinks we are a white oppressor. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about someone who has been totally brought up in this. They see the whole world through the lens of you know critical theory, you know sixteen nineteen project. You know you're whiteness is inseparable from oppression and so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so they, they're seeing you through a lens. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. And it's creating, you know, a barrier before you even open your mouth. Um, how would you go about maybe getting to the point where you can, mm-hmm. you know, share the gospel with them? Well, um, I think with someone who is, who's that far gone and that, that convinced, um, you're not, you're not going to get far with anybody without a friendship and without trust. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, uh, there is actually somebody on, on Facebook who I don't know very well, who we kind of had this long discussion about this and they see, they're very much in that, like seeing the world that, like that. And, uh, we've agreed to exchange videos, like send each other videos on mm-hmm. Facebook that like we would like the other person to see. Um, so there's, you know, you could do a little bit of that, but I don't, I don't, I, I think I'm kind of skeptical as to how useful that is to actually mm-hmm. changing someone's heart and someone's mind. But I think the the heavy lifting really has to be done person to person through friendships and relationships. And then once you have that that rapport and that trust with that person, I think the way you start to maybe go about, um, you know, changing their mind, if you want to say it that way, would ha- it has to be by helping them come to the conclusions themselves. Hmm. And and by that, um, you know, not attacking them head on, um, but just asking them questions. You know, I find that people who, uh, who have this worldview, um, you just start asking them questions and forcing them to think about what they believe for more than three seconds, uh, you know, three seconds beyond the, the mantras and the sayings and the, the catechism that they memorize. Hmm. Um, it starts to fall apart pretty quickly. And so, you know, you have to do this gently, but just asking questions, you know, and, and asking for uh, clar- clarification and understanding and, hmm. um, you know, not necessarily having to change their mind in one sitting, but I think <clears throat> I think questions are, are very useful. And I, there's, a, there's a, a well-known apologist you probably are familiar with, Greg Kokel, who wrote a book called Tactics. And he calls this the he, – he actually has it as one of his tactics. He calls it the Columbo tactic, where you just ask questions. You know, you believe that? Why do you believe that? You know? Right. Um, and just, you know, kind of go why, 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 why? And, and a few whys in, it, it all breaks down, you know? Um, so, that's, that's one thing you can do. But it's, it's – man, that's – you're talking about, I think, in, in our culture where we were used to this feeling of massive influence because we have hundreds of followers or thousands of followers and we feel like we can, you know, we can get more of the message out there if we tweet it or, or share it on social media. Um, doing the legwork of relationship one-on-one with one person um, over a long period of time is seems so daunting and seems like such a lot of work, hmm. you know. Um, one one additional barrier in this that could show up in this situation is even building a relationship might be difficult hmm. without you assenting to their worldview, hmm. right? Like, I, I could see it very easily be something where it's like, I cannot be your friend. You know, I, I, I'm not going to spend time with a white supremacist. You know, if mm-hmm. you don't, if you don't assent to, to your own whiteness and how you're complicit in all this, then I'm, I'm going to, you know, cancel you from my life, so to speak. Right. So, yeah. that's, that's kind of the poison of, of this movement is that it mm-hmm. even inhibits the ability to form trusting relationships so that you can share the gospel. I, 
first of all, I think your second, the second question you brought up is way more difficult to answer than your first. I mm-hmm. think um, it, it's, it's going to be the same as talking to anyone else about the gospel because they're so outside of um, what we believe. There's, there's a million reasons when you're talking to somebody who doesn't believe in Jesus, why they shouldn't be friends with you or why a relationship would be difficult. I, and I think honestly, a lot of this breaks down outside of media mm. um, intermediaries. Mm. Yes, yeah. you I get face to face, and and when and you get face to face with somebody mm-hmm. who believe th- believes this, they they it is impossible for them not to see you as another human. Mm. And I think when you're face to face with somebody, it's a very. I think it's something on the surface that breaks down really quickly. It's a good, and point. I think you can come to agreement on things you have in common a lot faster than you can over Twitter yeah. or Facebook and TikTok and Instagram. Um, I think honestly, part of the issue with this is that it's so easy to shout into the wind and dehumanize yeah. other people mm-hmm. and and classify them by race, by privilege, by what they believe. And then when yeah. you're actually sitting down with somebody, having a meal, having a drink, it all that kind of breaks down and goes away. Yeah. It goes away. That's a really good point, Sam. I, 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 uh, I've noticed that in my own life, even when you spend a lot of time on social media and you see all of the, the you know, the going back and forth, you can walk out, you know, you can just go to the store or whatever. And you, you almost assume that the real world is going to be everything that you've been hearing. Um, and just the animosity and the anger and the right. hatred and stuff. And then like, you see people treat each other like courteously and like, you know, like yep. you realize, Oh, people are, there's, there's still humans out there. Right. Yeah. So I think that's a very good point that you can, once you get face to face, a lot of that, that facade, that armor, um, that people have built up, uh, melts away. Not in every case. I'm sure there's some yeah, real diehard. Um, but that's a really good point. I like that. Are you experiencing that? Uh, I mean, are you, are you have certain people in mind no, this is actually this is a question we've been talking about it with with our college and career group, um, how to how to just navigate this, um, hmm. and uh, that's one question that come up. It's like how do we how do we witness when someone looks at you and says Christianity is the problem? Um, and I like Sam, dear Joel, I like I like your point too of um, of asking questions and listening, and I think one reason why that's particularly going to be effective in this case is because shutting up and listening is like one of the creeds that um <laughs> you know like like do, don't don't speak you know if you get really angry and riled that's just uh you're hiding your guilt yeah you know you're, yep. you're hiding your own embarrassment so that's why you yeah. get riled so you just need to be quiet and listen white white fragility right that's fragility. What that is. and yeah. i think the tendency for us when we hear that we're like Psh. No, I'm going to get riled just to, you know, yeah. because you told me I can't, right? Um, but even before all of this, we as Christians, that's that's how we're called to act, to act with mm-hmm. gentleness and respect. And just because of this new movement, it doesn't change that reality. Quick and to I hear, think, slow to speak. Exactly. I mean, it's, it says yeah. right in, the, in yeah. the Bible, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, you know what? I just want to, I want to fully and truly understand your belief, before I, I tear it to pieces. Before I, <laughs> before I own demolish you it with stinking facts lib. And logic. It's the old bait yeah. and switch, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I think in an advantage, too, is as opposed to like, um, you know, just straight up atheism where there's no morality, there's this pitiless indifference. These mm-hmm. people have 
some sense of like there needs to be justice. Yes. Yep. There needs to be equity. And there's a lot of like good things that are twisted and and misplaced. Right? And that's what postmodernism and, and critical race theory came from was it was a reaction to the yeah. enlightenment and the modernist thinking that that led to things like eugenics and, and mm-hmm. scientific racism. So they're trying to assign value to a human being. Exactly. Except without God. So they have right. it's massive confusion um and a lot of error there but in in a lot of ways there's there's a a heart behind it that at its core is something good um it's a heart you know, that, that that at least realizes there's something horribly lo- wrong with the world there's something yeah. horribly wrong that's a great starting point with Absolutely. with with those folks is that they look at the world and they see i mean everything that's wrong i mean they're mm-hmm. super sensitive about everything that's wrong and it's i mean what a great way to to um to lead into to to the realization that we're full of sin and that everything is wrong. Yeah, a lot of these folks are already there. So it's a, you know, it's a great starting point. One uh one verse that that came to mind with this is uh in 1 Peter 2:12. Uh Peter says, "Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, Right, so so these are he's telling these Christians, hey, the people around you are going to look at your works and call you evil. They're going to call mm-hmm. you the oppressor or call you the racist, the villain, the racist. Right? Yeah. They're going to speak against you as evildoers, but keep your conduct among them honorable, that they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just why it's so important for our mm. our testimony to. Uh, Stay consistent with our message, hmm. you know. Because and, and regarding your um, regarding your kind of second point, yeah. was that that was like what drawing the line. Where do you draw the line with other believers? Yeah, yeah that's tough. Um, You're experiencing some of that now, aren't you, Sam? Yeah, and in my experience, you don't get that way by accident. You either have the presence of the gospel in your life and in the community, or the absence of the gospel in your life hmm. and the community. There's a difference between um, full-on heresy, um, throwing away scripture. Um, you know, there's a lot of churches that are doing that, em- embracing um, things that the world embrace wholeheartedly, and immaturity as a as a fellow believer, um, or, or having a lack of gospel influence. So I think that one's tough because. I don't know. It, it depends on whether they're being influenced by their church and their surroundings, or they they truly believe, for instance, that hey, the word of God is no longer. I don't I don't consider it an authority anymore, mm-hmm. um, which has been a very popular movement. Yeah. It always has been. You know, yeah. it's always been around, but it's been yeah. e- in evangelical circles. It's been a, a popular movement. It's been the constant threat, scary to the mm-hmm. to the church. Yeah, yeah. so. I don't know. I think that's a tough one to answer. I think it's just, is it, are they denying scripture or are they just immature and they need to be discipled? Yeah. I, I think a lot of the same principles that we talked about talking with an unbeliever might apply here too. That yeah. you're going to have a lot of Christians that just glom onto whatever the thing is, you know, like, oh yeah, this is obviously this is what we should be doing in this situation because it's what the culture and the media and all my friends are telling, especially mm-hmm. Christians, you know, on a college campus, secular college campus that are getting fed this all the time. And yeah. a lot of situations they haven't thought through all the way back to, oh my yeah. goodness, this view actually undermines the sufficiency of scripture mm-hmm. or this actually compromises the gospel. I didn't realize that before, right? So, yeah. it's a matter of 
being able to guide them to that without um, without hurting a relationship or um, labeling wrong motives, you know, yeah. you know, to their view. What about fellowship between churches or or you know church organizations? You know, there's that there's kind of this big uh schism if you will happening in the southern baptist church over mm-hmm. critical race theory you know you kind of have yeah. the woke churches and the non-woke churches fighting right now you know like do you think this is something to break fellowship break off fellowship over um or not it's, it's really funny how in a lot of ways you're seeing the the fundamentalist modernist controversy of the 1920s coming like, like happening in a different way. Yeah. Like history just repeats itself over yep. and over and over again. Yep. And you're almost starting to see like, like a new fundamentalism form. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And kind of often divided along that, like social involvement. Um, mm-hmm. And what is the mission of the church is a big mm-hmm. one. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'd say, I mean, I, my view would be you know, just as it, back at the 1920s, the original, you know, fundamentalist modernist controversy, fundamentalists were right to, to stand on where they stood. Obviously there were over time, uh, things got kind of lost. Yeah. The problem with fundamentalists um, is that they, you know, they, they never took stopped, that, yeah. They, yeah, they, they, they took that stand where they needed to back in the fifties and right. then they just stayed in that combative stance. It for became the, next 60 the, it became years. the label, yeah. uh, what they're known for. And so that, you know, they, that's what they, they focused yep. on. But, mm-hmm. um, so I, I'd say for, for today, if, if a, if a church views their mission, their great commission as something other than scripture, then you really can't partner with them, I don't think. Right. Yeah. I'd agree. Yeah, um, I'd agree too. It's sad. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of churches that seem to potentially maybe be going that route. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, and and a lot of great pastors and evangelical leaders who I've admired over the years going that route, which is strange. You know? Yeah. Um, what about so? What about like you're sitting sitting across from a a, a fellow Christian? And uh, they say we should defund the pol- we should abolish the police. Is that an issue? Well, that then you should you're be welcome like, should to move to like, the ghetto and see what life is actually like when there's no law. <laughs> I say, why do you hate black lives and want them to die, you idiot? No. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm now gonna write a satire piece and make fun of you tomorrow. <laughs> so, like, my question is, would that be a scenario where it's like? You have a different philosophy. You have a different policy view of what might work. I I fundamentally disagree with you on on the effectiveness oh, I, I of that. I wouldn't separate, but from them no, no, no. I'm not saying. I don't think at all. definitely should not separate. But like, how invested should we be in trying to correct that person? You don't. You don't think the idea of getting rid of the police is a is a biblical issue? You don't think the Bible has anything to say about that? I, I think. I think if you trace doesn't the Bible talk about our authorities, you know, not bearing the sword in vain. I I think if you trace it far back enough, it it finds its root in how do you view man? If man's ultimate problem is sin, then you need you need something in place to keep sin at bay. Yeah. Um, If if uh, if man's ultimate problem is um, mental health or um, circumstances or right. poverty then 
you know, police would seem less necessary. And I think that's part of the problem that you're seeing is you start from that framework of man isn't, isn't sinful. And so why do we need all of these armed police officers here? Good thing. Like what, uh, 75, 80% of, um, poll responders, uh, don't agree with defunding the police. So that's always good to, that's still a horrible number. Just the thought that there are 20% of people (laughs) who actually want to defund and get rid of the police. I mean, the, but Joel, the, the it doesn't colossal actually, ignorance. It doesn't actually, yeah, it mean, doesn't actually mean that. It doesn't we mean just what use that to shock you. Reform that. Oh my gosh! It's just a better chant. This is the, well. That's the tough thing because that's the thing that I struggle with because you know politics has intruded into our lives to such yeah. an extent where it's it's almost impossible to separate it from our Christianity. I mean, it, if I'm talking to someone who who is pro-choice and they're doing it from a standpoint of, I believe this is reproductive, reproductive justice. And this is the most loving thing for the mothers. And this is what the, you know, God wants us to do. This is the gospel. I'm going to, I am going to forcefully and, 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 uh, clearly correct and, um, and shoot that down. Mm -hmm. I think that the idea of defunding the police is, is the same because it would result in the same amount of, horrific bloodshed mass death and and injustice um if we were to get rid of the police you know i don't care what your motives are for doing that i as a christian cannot stand by um i don't what whatever your motives are and allow um people's lives to be destroyed because of your good lofty motives so you would say in that case that's not a agree to disagree situation with absolutely not absolutely that would be would that be I will I'm willing to risk our relationship to um never no correct I correct you on this I don't think any of this should be a, a risk of our relationship I mean uh, our our love for that other person and our relationship with that other person is uh, none of this should sever that you know I I don't care if the person is you know extremely pro choice or you know doing all kinds of horrible things I disagree with you know that um, I don't see how that is a is a call to sever a relationship with anybody. You know, I, I that's that seems kind of antithetical to what a Christian's called to do as well, right? But should a should a should a preacher talk about defunding the police or or, or why that's wrong over the pulpit? Who? I think should. we're approaching that point. I think we're approaching the point where it it it, it may it, have to be the case they need to feed wisdom to their congregations so that the people in church can discern for themselves know how to think it it is no preacher's job to tell anybody how to think on any issue besides here's the word of god here's how god says we should think here's how god says we should love our fellow man um here is why believers you know, many believers think that we shouldn't, and it's based in fundamental principles of our understanding of mankind and sin. Um, here's why some believers think we should, and you know, it's it's it may be misguided in this certain way, it may be found, you know, whatever the case, they need to be equipping their congregations with wisdom, um, and they're not doing that. They're just cowtailing to whatever cultural pressure comes their way, and put their little tails between their legs, and they say ancillary like little isms of like Ooh, by the way everyone i just want to let you know that like this church stands with people across the world 
now let's get into our psalm for the day. And it's just like, that's like all they do. That's all they do. And I'm like, I don't want that. It's so, it's so stupid. And I'm just like, I'm tired of people like just freaking like put your head on the neck on the line and, and just preach the gospel and just here I stand. I can do no other. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Have some freaking conviction because (laughs) no one has any, it's, it's so stupid. Like, That's going to be my next sermon it. series, Sam. Have some freaking conviction. Yep. Yeah. That's believe what you believe. That's Make sure and include the <laughs> word freaking in there. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Fr- you got to have the word freaking. Freaking. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I agree. That's good, guys. I, All right. It's tough. I mean, it really, it's becoming harder and harder for a Christian not to talk about this stuff. Yep. You know what I mean? And um, the next, the really scary sticky question that we probably should not get into right now is at what point um, can we say that a Christian cannot be a Democrat? Hmm. Ooh. I'm going to hold my tongue on that Because <laughs> <laughs> we've always said, you know, it's like, like yeah. keep politics and, and, you know, religious beliefs separate. Yeah. I don't um, know. Can a, can a Christian be a Nazi? Right. You know, right. can, can a Christian be a, be a, a Bolshevik? Right. Can a yeah. Christian be a full-fledged Trump supporter? Um, all Trump supporters are Christians. That's the whole thing. <laughs> well, I thought that was the whole <laughs> deal. That's yeah. I duh. thought that was what this was. <laughs> he's, he's God's chosen man. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, I, I don't think a Christian should identify as a full-fledged Trump supporter. Like, a, uh, I'm mm-hmm. talking about like a rabid fan. Like, you know. No. You know, like I don't think I don't think Christians treat any man, yeah, that way especially ever. absolutely, yeah. yeah. No matter who he is, right? Yeah. And, and it is like it is um, disconcerting just to see the the level of like, rabidness and borderline worship, um, yeah, of Trump by some very conservative people, and it's it's a little weird to see. A little so, weird, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'll 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 finish my. I feel like I went. I got us a little too long there. So, my that's good. My, my apologies. Awesome. Well, Joel, I think we should do yours next because mine is so different. I feel like it would just whiplash our conversation back and forth. <laughs> okay. So mine would be good, mine is, like mine is somewhat and, related. So yeah, yours, yours can be a related. palate cleanser. So at the mine end. will be like an ending. We'll end on this, and we'll yeah. share some thoughts. Okay. Perfect. Cool. All right. Um. So mine is about education. That's been on my mind lately. Um, I had kind of this epiphany when my youngest daughter was born. I was in the hospital. This was when Charlottesville happened. Hmm. And um, I, I remember I was, uh, we lucked out. We got a big uh, room with two beds. Kelsey's in, you know, the bed next to me with with Edie. Um, I am in the empty bed and I'm seeing all this Charlottesville stuff unfold Um you know, as I'm looking through my phone and you remember the, the, the white nationalists coming out with the tiki torches, those, those young Nazi kids. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at these, these boys, these boys, little young, young men, you know, um, and kind of realizing that, you know, these aren't inbred hicks, like hicks from the hills. These aren't like old school, you know, uh, Confederate flag flying, you know, racist from the mountains. I mean, these are young, probably educated in a public school. They grew up watching SpongeBob. You know, they're they're my little brother Sam's age, and they they are their faces are twisted in rage. They're carrying tiki torches, and they have adopted this white identitarian 
idea. And it made me think, oh my gosh, these guys are the these guys are the product of our public education system. Hmm. The these kids weren't homeschooled. These these kids didn't go to Christian school. And and thinking about how um well, okay, you know, that makes sense. You know, you 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 raise you teach these kids identity politics their entire life. It, you know, is it any surprise when there's a small amount of white guys that adopt identity politics for white people? I mean, everyone else gets to have identity politics. Why right. why shouldn't white people, you know? Right. And so um you have what they're doing with this with the curriculum now, you know, you have the riots where I'm I'm seeing people interview these young rioters, these antifa kids and they they know nothing about nothing. It's yeah. it's just incredible colossal ig- ignorance. Um so many of you know you're seeing these statues uh, sprayed with uh, 1619 you know, so you have this new narrative from the 1619 Project, um, which, you know, paints this picture, the story of, of America being founded in racism, of racism, for racism, for slavery, uh, you know, forever tainted. It, it, I'm just thinking that about education, how it's, it, it, maybe it's too late. Um, so maybe that's kind of my first question, is it too late? But I feel like it's one of the most important and and one of the most neglected issues we're facing right now. I mean, we're churning millions and millions of our own children, and a part of it's the breakdown of the family. Parents aren't watching out for their kids and and checking up on what they're being taught every day. Um, we're churning millions of kids through these. You know, I, I'm, I know I'm going to sound like a right wing nut here. They're indoctrination centers. You know, they've made it very clear that their intention is to bring that 1619 narrative into their entire curriculum of of teaching history and sociology and, and anthropology how do we stop it you know like how how do we save these kids i think that's that's what really gets me cuz i i i feel so helpless watching innocent children innocent human beings made in the image of god being put into these systems that are going to twist them into these bitter resentful angry ignorant tools of of some revolutionary force out there you know um and it it just it gets it keeps me up i it really bugs me and i i don't know if homeschooling and private school is you know it's gonna it's gonna help our own kids but it's not gonna solve the problem you know so i just wonder like what what can be done what should be done about that Um, i think part of the reason is that Cultural conservatives or Christians both have ignored the culture for so long. Hmm. Um, we had it so easy for so long. We we had the luxury of dying on the stupidest hills, like your skirt needs <laughs> to come to your knee, and all this, all these other stupid, ridiculous, ancillary mm-hmm. pieces of stupid uh, legalism. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so we died on all these hills for no reason whatsoever besides the fact that like we need to have some like this sense of morality. Mm-hmm. And and in doing so we ignored our communities and we ignored hey, maybe we can reach more kids with the gospel and get more kids out of this public school down the street that's teaching them, you know, nihilism and and philosophies that will leave them addicted to drugs and with emptiness. Maybe we can reach more kids if we um, you know, don't force our students to do this or that or go to church on Sunday and 
I, I don't know. I, I think that's that's part of why we find ourselves in this issue is Christians have hidden themselves away. Withdrawn from the fight or from the from just being a part of the culture. Maybe. I mean, I, I can't say that for every Christian school. I can't say that for every, you know, yeah. group of kids, parent, church, community, et cetera. But um, yeah, I don't know. The, the battle's being lost somewhere. And I think, mm-hmm. I don't know, where where should we, you know, how much can we control? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, we, we we can control how we raise our own kids, yeah. and I'm yeah. I I'm putting I'm homeschooling my kids. I'm putting you know Claire in private school this fall, and so like part of me feels like you know, am I being selfish? We talk it's about how your privilege, Joel. Like maybe this maybe this yeah. has happened because we've withdrawn from the conversation, withdrawn from the fight, withdrawn from the culture. But when it comes to my kids, like I don't want them to be experiments or little missionaries for right. my my yeah. crusade. Like exactly. I'm, I need to protect them and and raise them in in safety and and to learn right and wrong and truth and virtue. And so it's a it's a difficult question to answer because I I do know people. Um, I know good Christian families who, um, very intentionally and with eyes wide open, send their kids to public school because. They will say, they say, you know, all right, how is the culture going to change if we withdraw from it? And I'm like, man, you're braver than I am. I mean, good for you. Good on you. Um, but I, I just can't follow them there. That's I think tough. you're right. That the, the number one priority is how you're raising your own kids. And, and I, I don't yeah. think we should ever feel guilty of doing what we think is, is best for them. I think to Sam's point, too, that churches we as christians i think can just do a better job of being more aware of what is happening in our public schools so that we can equip them how to think biblically too right like hmm. you know if in any given church you got a youth group with a bunch of kids that are in public school does that youth pastor whoever's in charge is he aware of the stuff that they're being fed i mean they're in they're in school 5 days out of the week they mm-hmm. come to his little group once, maybe twice out of the mm-hmm. week for an hour at a time. And, and we just assume that, uh, you know, if we just kind of do our thing, then uh, then they'll just kind of jump right on and, and, yeah. and buy it all. Realize that, that our voice is a fraction of what they're hearing overall. And so just being more aware of like, this is what they're teaching and uh, what they're learning. And when they come to your little classroom, on a Sunday morning or Wednesday mm. night or whatever, are you ready to say, "Hey, this is this is how the Bible just shatters all of these worldviews and systems that man has created, and look how coherent and beautiful it is, mm-hmm. and yeah. elevate yeah. that so that they see the emptiness of everything else." I feel like that's probably where we've come short. It's getting easier to do to show the That's true. Yeah, that's a very good point. It's and, it's and becoming easier to show the hollowness of everything else. How does a youth pastor do that? I mean, does he hang out on TikTok the rest of the week <laughs> to find out what these yeah, kids are talking about? Like, TikTok. <laughs> like what do you do? You know, like I I've I've one thing I've thought about is like should we become teachers? Should we be volunteering in these public mm-hmm. schools to, you know, I don't know, teach part time or start little Bible studies? Yeah. I don't know. There's still liberties to do that. You know, there's like after school, you know, things where like you can Churches can have Bible studies for at least the believers that, that go to school. And as long as we have that liberty, I think Christians should yeah. take advantage of that. Mm. Um, I, I think it's unfair to say that every pastor needs to be a professional 
um, exegete of the culture at every time because that's yeah. that's almost impossible. His main priority is to exegete masterfully the Word of God. But in addition to that, as he is systematically and carefully explaining what God's Word says, is he at least generally aware of the objections or the questions that are arising in his in the right. ears of of the of the kids that are hearing him, mm-hmm. and I think you get to know what those objections and questions are if you're like actually forming relationships with them and, and talking with them and yeah. you know forming those friendships. I think it's a lot harder if you don't have the parents on board. Yes, yes. Um, in my experience with you youth can't group, do the parents' job. If if a kid doesn't have parents that are involved in discipling them, then there's nothing you can do 45 minutes a week to 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 and you know unless you're meeting with them outside doing extra bible studies or whatever the parents have got to be involved too yeah um and there's this weird i don't know i I don't think youth pastors should be young i don't know why there's this rule that youth (laughs) pastors need to be young um i think it should be there should be like a minimum age requirement of like 40 to be a youth pastor Hmm. yeah Um, that's a good idea because because like as a youth pastor you need to disciple these kids parents and you need to be making yeah. sure you're able to disciple the parents to disciple their kids. And you, yeah, you need to know how to parent And when yourself. you're 20, one, yeah. 22, 23 years old, it's like you can't really disciple these other parents. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, hey, who should we put in charge of all of these like super immature kids? Hey, Another immature like, the kid. most immature dude we can find. <laughs> <laughs> <It's so laughs> who knows how to play fun games. Right. Because they're glorified entertain. They're entertainers that yeah. Yeah. share a verse at the and end of their entertainment. The tendency among families and parents to delegate the raising of their children yeah. to either the school or among Christians is to delegate it to the church. To the church, yeah. You know, you raise my kids for me. Yeah. And uh, we're, the church is a is there to help. It's a resource. It's to guide in, in the word of God, but you can't take that, play, the place of a parent hmm. for, for a child. Hmm. Well, I, those are, those are, that's some good advice. You know, I do. I do think it's good to focus on the the little small world that I can control, yeah. at least. Um, I'm still thinking about what you know. How can I help? Uh, you know, the local public school. I don't know. Um, Just barge into the classroom. <laughs> He's preaching lies. He's preaching lies. Follow well, you know, I I do. Uh, you know, as uh, as libertarian dictator of America, um, yeah. uh, tyrant Joel Berry will um, he will. <laughs> Out, he will ban uh, teachers' unions forever. Universal school choice. Um, I would divorce the uh, funding of schools from zip codes, so every child would have the exact same amount of funding uh, attached to the child, no matter where they live. And then um, I would outlaw divorce, except in cases of abuse. There you go. If you if you have kids with someone, you're required to marry them, or I will execute you. <laughs> 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 Joel's libertarian dictatorship. Joel, come, come, come live here. Joel, Joel like further like destroys his any hopes of public office someday. Good, good. I'm gonna keep digging that hole. I don't. I, my goal is to permanently disqualify myself. Uh, I, I would have said, you know, a great way to do that would be to, you know, run for local office. But um, <laughs> nope, not Joel. Not on Joel's table. <laughs> And we're complicit. We're sitting here laughing at it. So yeah, we're right. hopeless too. We can't. Yep. Yep, we Someone's going to find this someday. Someone's going to find the transcripts. Oh, yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, let's. So you want to talk about cancel cancel culture a little bit? This is uh, cancel Sam. Culture. I mean, it's, I I work for a, a right wing conservative satire <laughs> site. Aaron works for a church. Sam's really the only person with something to lose here. If uh, <laughs> right, if our opinions were to if Joel's to hit the recordings open somehow uh, managed to <laughs> make their way into the leaders in my organization, <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, you haven't like the, said anything objectionable. On like the, the dude at, at Boeing, not. like for the thirty-three-year-old article about oh, why women word. shouldn't be in combat, and so he had to resign. Stupid! I saw that. Thirty-three years. So stupid. Insane. In. Just, Insane. Do you think people will ever catch up to the insanity of it? Like, will there ever reach a point where people like have this aha moment in this light bulb? We're like, oh my goodness, this as is soon really as big. Companies this grow is really some dumb. Balls. <laughs> that is when I think people will start to think this is insane because right now these massive corporations are so bureaucratic and, and scarce. Yeah, and, and and they have targets on their back from hundreds of organizations who are ready to sue them at the drop of a hat Wokeness for is starting to be anti-discrimination capitalism laws mm-hmm. right well i see i don't think it's i don't think it's fueled by capitalism i think it is this massive bureaucracy and this this massive um you know there's so many organizations out there whose sole purpose is to sue companies for things like anti-discrimination well and how are they getting funded they're getting right. funded they're getting, by yep. the very organizations and who their say tax cuts and their tax breaks and they're not you know all, yep. the, all this stuff uh, this it's all woven together and i think mm-hmm. that's why they're so scared to death um yeah it's nuts man mm. it's nuts. that's another thing i'll ban if you cancel somebody i execute you the ultimate cancel. They <laughs> will cancel your life. <laughs> you cancel someone, I will cancel your your heartbeat. <laughs> oh man, I'm just kidding, everybody. I'm just kidding. Listen, I'm always so reasonable and uh, and gentle in all the time. You all really the other seven so. days, all the other six days of the week. <laughs> your chance to vent. This is my chance to just be a complete yeah. jerk. <laughs> Um, oh boy so sam we need our palate cleanser bud what do we got palate cleanser so um been thinking a lot about just leadership you know since i'm gonna have a family here there's gonna be three of us pretty soon um leadership in the home and i know that character is a result of discipline and discipline is a result of habits and Habits is like the the hardest part. Well, in, in a way, I know that's not entirely 100% true. Of course, character goes back to who you are in your heart and yep. being a Christian or whatever. Um, I would love to hear from you guys what you do every morning, how you get yourself ready for the day, how important is physical exercise, unless... Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our eyes are I just, really wide. Yeah. I, I've really been... Um, trying to master this for a while this Mm. getting up Mm. and if i don't master it now there's no way i'll ever be able to master it once i start having kids um and so not that i won't be able to it'll just be way more difficult Mm -hmm. so i'd love to hear your thoughts on that how to yeah how to just lead with prayer and discipline and you know pursuing what's important to you and i feel like that Mm. comes down to hey what, what are you spending your time Hmm. And how are you making extra time to to pursue what's important to you and what's important to your family? Hmm. You want to start, um, Aaron? Well, in a way, having kids helped me form some of those habits. Huh. 
because forming those habits became more of a necessity because I had less discretionary time. I think when you have more discretionary time, like when it's just you and your wife, yeah, you have a job, you have responsibilities and stuff, but for the most part, it's like, hey, you know, what do you want to do this evening? Or, you know, right. um, it's you, you just have a little bit more freedom. And I think that can very easily breed lack of discipline, right? So for me, having kids is what actually kind of got me into like a morning routine. Um, you're looking at your daily schedule and you're like, okay, goodness, mm. most of my day is full now. Mm. Um, I know what I need to do. Like I, I need the time in the word. I need, I need the time to, to get my, my head on straight and to think before the day starts. Um, and that's when having a set wake up time started, um, and, and a morning routine and, and, and sitting down and, and trying to read my Bible and have a Bible, like a plan to read through and things like that kind of strengthened because so much more of your day is, is spoken for. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that's one, that's, that's one thought that, that came to my mind. I don't know if hmm. Joel, you had anything to. Hmm. Um, I will say that the idea of discipline and routine will look a lot different after you have kids in the sense that um, in, in a lot of ways, once you have children and the more children you have, routine becomes next mm-hmm. to impossible. Any kind of like regular rhythm. Right. Um, and the, the lesson you have to learn, the skill that you have to build uh, looks something more like flexibility and, yeah. uh, and r- responsiveness, being nimble. Uh, being able to uh, give up something that you wanted to do or had planned to do because now suddenly everything has changed and you have to drop everything you do and you have to, you know, discipline one of your kids or, um, you know, repair something that's been broken. And so I think the the biggest skill to learn there is is just kind of like that unselfishness and mm. sacrificial love because that that's always hard for me. You know, I have my, my own little things that I want and want to do and the way I want to do them, having kind of an open hand and being willing to have those things taken out Mm. at the last minute. I think the other thing too is, is in in cultivating a lifestyle of discipline at the very least as a, as a father and a husband, um, as you're leading the family spiritually, always have at least one thing that you're working on together. Um, And it doesn't have to be big and it's probably going to change all the time because you're going to, you know, it's going to fizzle out after a month and you're going to suck at it. Um, But, you know, things like uh, we're going to sit down for dinner every night. Um, This We're going to do that this week or this month I'm going to read a passage of scripture to you, uh, to you kids before you go to bed or um, I'm going to try to go on a walk with each one of my kids by themselves at least once a week. Just little things like that, and, and it's going to change. Um, it's mm. the schedule's going to get blown up. It's not always going to work, and you're not always going to be consistent all the way through. But um, having the the overall vision in mind that I am the spiritual leader of my home, um, my kids' uh, growth and being uh, you know trained up in the way they should go is is my responsibility. And whatever that looks like this week, mm. I'm I'm going to work on something, a little thing here or there to continually press towards that goal. 
um, but um, resign yourself to the fact that it's going to be messy and uh, inconsistent all the time. <laughs> I guess that, right. that's uh, that, I think that's helpful for me to hear because mm. I, I've I've experienced that, and I think my tendency is to think like, okay, this week. We are starting a new family tradition that's going to continue for the rest of time. <laughs> they will talk yeah. about it when they're in their old age. <laughs> you'll, never, you'll never miss a day, you know, uh, and uh, this will be a new thing. And yeah. you know, I'm being a spiritual leader and all that stuff. And then you do it for three days and then you forget about it and everything yep. changes and you're like, oh, stink. I, I blew it again, right? Mm-hmm. I, I totally failed. And um, and that's that's happened a number of times where it's like mm-hmm. I've kind of started something and it it doesn't always work or whatever. Um, so I think there is a danger of being devoted to routine to the point where your family actually becomes the intruder into that routine. Yeah. And, uh, and that's where it's dangerous. You, you get that resentment. Uh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so discipline with flexibility, I think are the, the big things. Um, yep. like with my morning routine, you know, I, I, I've come to the point where I really like the, my morning routine it's it's like it's it's an important part of my day but even then it's a very normal occasion for my my beloved daughter to wake up um, <laughs> five minutes after i do and come sobbing out of her room just completely like incoherent and inconsolable and just irrational and my whole morning's blown up right and it's really mm, easy yeah. for me to be like oh, this is the worst and you get all irritated and angry and everything Yep. So discipline with flexibility is huge. Um, you mentioned you mentioned exercise, Sam. I mean, just as an yeah. aside, um, I found staying active has just helped with my ability to. I think it's helped with my ability to be flexible because yeah. it, over time, it, it you have more mental energy, you have more physical energy to keep mm. up with the twists and turns of your your daily life. Um, for me, that doesn't look like going to a gym. I don't have a gym membership. I just right. have, I just do in at home workouts, you know, uh, for a half hour or whatever. Um, and even then that gets interrupted and I'm oftentimes I'm doing pushups with, with Joshua crawling underneath my belly and <laughs> hanging onto my neck, you know, mm-hmm, right. uh, or I'm <laughs> doing like I'm jogging in place and I actually knee bricky in the face, you know, and you know, she starts crying and I have to stop and console her. Do you ever and, go on runs to just go? Oh, uh, I hate like, running. Uh, really? But I, I feel like I, need, I can't I, run I, I anymore. Need to. I need to, I'd, yeah. I'd like to, um, but again, so yeah, it's, it's huh. routine is tough. I think you're right, Sam, that, um, and it might get tougher once you become sure. a parent. Um, but I would say if you want to, if you want to work on one thing that will prepare you most for being a parent, it would be that disciplined flexibility over, over routine. Mm. Like I, I think, um, you know, how do you handle situations when they change last minute? Mm-hmm. Or um, how can I use this unexpected moment uh, it, to serve my overall vision? Does that yeah. make sense? You know, right. I'm doing something that I didn't expect to be doing right now. Um, I don't really know what to do, but like, how how is this going to serve my overall job as spiritual leader and and you know, responsible mm-hmm. for my kids? Yeah, yeah. But you probably, I mean, you'd have probably to deal with that as like, like in boot camp, right? 
when you were, you know, did you, did they train you how to like, how to handle an unexpected situation? Like, you know, when yes, you know, guys, that's actually a good point. Cause like the battlefield is a very, a very good analogy for, for being a parent because, you know, they, they train you that, you know, we're going to train you how to do things this way. You're going to learn your maneuvers and your tactic tactics. You're going to learn how to fire a weapon. You're going to have it down. You're going to have the muscle memory. You're going to feel so proficient. And then you're going to get into battle and like, you know, that, uh, Sorry, that crap goes right out the window. Mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> back in boot. Uh, goes right out the window. You know, uh, adrenaline takes over. No plans ever work uh, as they're intended to, um, and you have to be able to think on your feet, be flexible, um, and uh, and you know adapt. You have to be adaptable, um, and so they would do that all the time in boot camp. They you'd be doing an exercise, and suddenly, you know, uh, someone would come and you know a, a drill instructor would come and just like tear your tent apart and like dump all your ammo out on the ground and scream in your face you Sounds know like and having a two-year-old <laughs> <laughs> it's literally <laughs> oh my gosh yeah it, it really is it's like having two 300 pound massive like gorilla two-year-olds screaming in your face <laughs> yes. and uh so so yeah man get ready it's it's a whirlwind and and give yourself some grace um right. you know um, because it's gonna, it's gonna be tough and you're gonna fail a lot. Um, but, um, you know, that's what it's all, that's what, uh, sanctification is for. That's why, that's why we need God. And, uh, that's, that's what he uses to, to keep us, keep us clinging to him. So, and I think it's a balance between preparation and God growing these things in you in like in that new life stage. I think there's just something about entering mm. into that new life stage as a dad that you're almost pushed in certain directions. You're, you, mm. you're, you're pushed into growing into certain ways that wasn't, I don't say not as not possible, but it wasn't, you weren't pushed in that direction before. Yeah. And, and now it, it, it kind of grows in you just based off of where you find yourself. Right. Um, so it's a combination of those two, I think. Yeah. So over these next few months, as you prepare for, you know, for what's coming, um, just be in prayer, just be in prayer and, um, and relax. You know, you don't have to be a, you don't have to be a friggin' rock star. Yeah. Just look um, for ways to serve, right serve your wife now. Yep. Right. There's right. a, there, there's a, the, uh, the Babylon Bee, I promise this is relevant. Um, Kyle did a, um, an article either today or yesterday that that is marriage. This is marriage, um, and and fatherhood and being a husband. An ultimate act of sacrificial love. Man plugs in wife's phone instead of his. <laughs> That's it. That's just like little moments of learning how to be unselfish. Uh, is what it is all about. You know, <laughs> practice that now. Practice. Charging your wife's phone instead of yours when when there's only one charger to be found. <laughs> so Sam, would you say like for you having a kid, like for some people having a kid, it would end up feeling like that having that responsibility is intruding upon your routine. You know, you have your whole routine down, and this kid kind of breaks that. It sounds like more for you, it'd be more like having a kid threatens like the lack of routine or being able just to kind of have that discretionary time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not a routine guy by nature. Yeah. I don't know many people that are. Um, 
I'm not task oriented. I'm creative oriented. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's, I, I, I'm not. Is Emily task oriented? Is she kind of an organized, yeah. like, by the yeah, numbers person? So you guys are going to complement each other really well. Yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. And it, it'll probably, you'll drive each other crazy with that too, but um, you need each other, right. you know, uh, embrace her strengths and uh, make sure and tell her to embrace your strengths too. You know, right. <laughs> make, make sure, make sure and remind her how much she really should just appreciate your lack of, of oh, structure yes, and, That'll and go over uh, very discipline. Well. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. But if you do start from that framework of, I love my wife, I want to serve her with everything in me. I love my daughter. I want to serve her. And, and you just pray right. that, make that your prayer. Right. Mm-hmm. Make, make and that that's, your And heart. that's really, that's, that's what it is. I mean, it's, you know, I want to be ready to, I know things are going to be out of my control. It's going to be wild. I'm going to be whipped around this way and that. Um, but I, I want to like have the muscle to be able to handle those things. Right. Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm not going to 100%, but I don't want it to take me by surprise mm-hmm. or, or miss miss things like, oh my gosh, I didn't, I, I totally didn't even see that about our marriage or our kid, which I'll probably mm-hmm. see that, but I want to be ready for the fact that I I'm not going to see that, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, um, sure. You, might, you want a clear picture of it. You know, you you can't anticipate right. everything or know what it's going to look like, but you right. want to at least start thinking about, ooh, this is a possibility. Right. Yeah, yeah th- there's there's going to be issues and there's going to be kinks, but I I don't want it be I don't want them to be exacerbated because yeah. I've sat on my butt and I haven't done things that I could do to prepare myself. Hmm. Um through prayer and reading and just strengthening my soul. And so, I don't know. That's just kind of... I think one thing that's helped me um, is is anticipating scenarios just as just almost as like a case study, right? Knowing your own right. personality and your own weaknesses and then hearing things that other parents go through or, or you know, just common things that, that dads have to deal with and just envisioning, oh, wow, I could totally see how I would respond in that. Knowing my weaknesses, man, I, I'd have a problem with this. I would really struggle right. in this situation knowing me, right? Um, you have opportunity now to kind of just kind of play that out and to envision that. Um, right. And then say, man, okay, but how would, how would a biblical, you know, response be? What, what would, how would that look differently, right? And then make that a matter of prayer. Like, mm-hmm. and. You you know what goes a long way towards just helping you uh, feel more prepared, feel more peace about it too. Is just uh, get get the practical stuff out of the way, man. Like make sure that baby's room is ready. Make sure the the house is baby proofed. Get everything fixed that needs to be fixed. Um, you know, write write out your ten year plan for your career. You know, write out your plan for getting out of debt. Um, you know. Write out your plan for for how soon you're you know you're going to be able to move up in car you know to to get a family vehicle. Um, lay out some of that practical practical stuff and 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 start working it out. That, that'll set your mind at ease too. You know that's that's good good man stuff. You just got to do do some nesting. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know make make sure you have a plan for um, for how you're going to be the provider and uh, yeah. and raise these kids and. And grow your family when you have two, three, four more, you know. And uh, right. And know. if you have no, if you're completely clueless, like, dude, I don't know how to like 
you know, whether it's financially or whatever, like talk to people that are experts in it. Right. Right. Like Dave Ramsey, get a financial advisor, you know, um, do you have a financial advisor? Do you have like Uh, a, I have a guy that does my taxes, but you should get a financial advisor, man. I know a guy, Sam. Yeah. I know a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. He's cool. Anyway, you'll do great. Is is any of that helpful, Sam? Yeah, did we like even go after? What like, you did were we even asking? address what you were? What's <laughs> bugging you? No, I mean maybe a little bit. <laughs> it was good. It was all good stuff. We missed it, Joel. We 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 failed. <laughs> no, it's okay. I yeah, I don't know. I just yeah, I'm just I I just want to move some get move forward in life, and I don't feel like I'm doing that in a sufficient way. Hey man, so that's listen. That's the only thing. That's just yeah. I I I spent eight years uh, building a career that fell in the toilet, and now I'm working under a moving blanket in my basement. Right. Okay, so um, don't feel too much pressure. Don't feel bad. <laughs> get the right. you know get get the get the freaking bills paid. Keep the lights on. Buy the food. Um, there's plenty of ways to do that. You don't have to be some, you know, business mogul, you know, uh, that there there are the elements of being a father uh, that are important, that are the most important, have nothing to do with that. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And your your life is about to move forward in a pretty significant way in a couple months. Right. And that's mm-hmm. the great thing. You know, you, you can look at like, oh, man, I wish I was here in my career or I wish I had these these abilities or skills kind of mastered. Um. But when you like see your daughter for the first time and you realize you get to like raise this kid. It'll and, it'll light a fire on Oh man. man, it it'll and it just I think it makes it it, it shifts a lot of priorities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like my goodness, this is what better thing can I invest my life in than than loving this child and, and raising it, you know. Mm. Um not to say those other things are unimportant, but I feel like a lot of things come in perspective, you know, when you, yeah, and they don't hit until like that day of birth, you know, at least for me, but you'll do awesome. It'll be great. Thanks guys. (laughs) You go girl. (laughs) Got man. (laughs) Does anyone even know these days? Hey man. I hope I do. You know, Sam. I mean, we can help, <laughs> we can help you with that too. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> uh, um, speaking of which, did you see that those new guidelines they released for non-gendered language? It kind of went viral. On Twitter? Online. I saw the one on that, Twitter. like the Twitter engineers or whatever like changed. That was one. Google's removing, you know, gendered language from their, like their coding and stuff like Wait, that. <laughs> and uh, another organization released... Uh, you know, guidelines for how we can start talking. Like, you know, we shouldn't say men or women anymore. Like, a, instead of saying woman, you say person who can menstruate. Um, <laughs> That'll you know. make some awkward conversations. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, the, at the B, we're what doing it. What if they're in menopause or they had a hysterectomy or something? Like <laughs> I know, it's, it's ridiculous. But we're, uh, we're doing a, at the B, we're doing like a South Park style cartoon. Uh, oh with two guys at a water cooler at work and they're having like a bro conversation, but they're using all this, like these new <laughs> language guidelines. <laughs> so, so that'll, that'll be out in like a couple of weeks. It'll be pretty funny. That'll be good. Yeah. That's awesome. But um, I like Sam, I remember, so 
before the boys were born, I remember I um I like recorded them like these daily journals, like uh, where I was speaking into the camera and I was telling them like this is how I'm praying for you today and this is what my wish is for you. Um, You're so dramatic, Joel. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> like, and then and then they came. And it's like, I don't know, man, like all those, like those lofty intentions and, and desires and like things that ways I thought it would be just like completely out the window. Like, mm. you know, um, well, you got thrown at the deep end too, man. Yeah, man. Two yeah, of them kids, with, with sensory processing disorder and hyperactivity and, <laughs> um, you know, it's just, um, not that that could happen to you, but I. It, there's just so much of it that I'm just like, you know what, man? Like, there's no, you can we can give you advice, but there's no way we can truly. Support you for it. <laughs> there's no way. There's um, no hope. There's, just, there's, <laughs> there's just, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. I mean, is is there is there something that you're hoping to like accomplish or fi- have figured out before the baby comes? Is that like what you're? Yeah, like you're not, you don't know where your life is going in terms of a career standpoint or um, you, like you don't have a, a vision for your life or you don't know what you're supposed to be doing with your life and now you have this baby and you like, you lack vision. Like what, what do you think you're missing oh, to yeah, spell I mean, it out? I mean like freaking all of that. Not to, not to drag out the podcast. Like at this point where I'm, I'm here to, cause I want to help you. I don't care about the right. podcast anymore. So, um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I, maybe I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. Hmm. Um, and I see my habits. I see how I spend my time. I see, I don't know. And I'm just like, how is this person ready to have a kid? Like, obviously I'm not ready to have a kid. (laughs) So it's just kind of like, I feel like I need to kick myself into gear pretty soon here, but I'm not like, it doesn't feel like I'm having a kid yet. So I don't know how to... (laughs) weird it's like i know i it's should like, but should i'm I, like do i just I don't enjoy really these to. last couple months right yeah that's too and i've had those days i'm just like until... you know what i'm just this mm. peace and quiet enjoy it while sleeping. you can sleeping <laughs> is great and uh, i'm just enjoying it while i can so i go back and forth um yeah yeah i don't know chill man relax yeah. it's gonna be fine yeah enjoy your time like you don't have to you don't have to be you know all militaristic right now enjoy your time your pre-baby relaxed time get some practical things done like i said like the practical stuff you know of, of getting the house ready and and writing out some 10-year five-year plans kind of helps it'll set your mind at ease a little bit it's gonna be fine man you're a good you're a good man and um i have a lot of respect for you as as a man um as someone who um has a lot of wisdom and insight and and seeing the way that you care for and love emily um i have a lot of respect for you mm. and um you you have a a gentle um and and loving way about you that is going to make you a great dad of a of a little girl and um yeah man come uh, is someone speaking from the other side i'm not i'm not worried for you i mm. i think you're going to be great <laughs> Um, Thanks, if Joel. anything, you're you're going to be in in a few years time. You're going to be like 
dude, like seriously, like get your act together, Joel and Aaron. Like this, <laughs> this crap isn't that hard. <laughs> we're gonna be we're we're gonna be coming to you. Like <laughs> you care deeply. I think. That's, yes. I mean. Yes. That is. And you even see that just you thinking through, man, like, am I ready? Like, I want to make sure that I'm I'm prepared. I don't feel like I am. I think that's just like another evidence of just like you 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 care really deeply about things, and mm-hmm. uh, I think that'll that'll be a a, a very good asset for you mm-hmm. as you yes as yes. a parent. And a you know what else, Sam? You are married to an exceptional woman, yeah, and that 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 is. That's like ninety percent of the battle, right there. Is like you, <laughs> you You're just along for the ride. You married, man. You married, <laughs> you married a wonderful woman um, who is going to be a, a rock star mom, and um, yeah, and true. so uh, you're you're in good shape, man. Um, that's mm-hmm. that's a big part of it. <laughs> marry the marry the right person. <laughs> Luckily, we all did. Right <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. Yeah. So. You got this, man. Don't worry. Yep. Don't worry. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's the best thing ever. So, Art. See the for yeah. real. It is. And listen, I still get to play a lot of uh, Breath of the Wild on my <laughs> Switch. So, <laughs> it's right. not like my whole life is gone. I mean, I have like 100 hours in that thing now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I've, I've gotten all the shrines. I'm starting <laughs> to max out all my armor sets. And uh, I... Uh, my next thing I'm about to do list is to get the Korak masks so I can get all 900 Korak seeds. Oh my! Um, which I, will probably take a long time. I haven't picked it up once after I beat. Since Andy. you beat it, <laughs> nice. I, I'm, I'm just like, what's the point now? <laughs> oh my gosh, you're crazy, dude! You're nuts. It's so fun. I got the motorcycle. I got I downloaded the DLC, so I have the motorcycle now. And um, I've I've beat the first stage of the Master Trials. Uh, the second one. <laughs> I I haven't been able to get past because the kids like every time I've done it the kids have are are watching me and like <laughs> last time I was like on level fifteen of I think it's twenty levels in the second stage there yeah. and um, so it was one of those dark levels and uh, Edie bumped my arm and I I was holding a a an explosive <laughs> barrel and she bumped my arm and so that I walked into a torch while carrying the explosive <laughs> barrel instant death and i was just like <laughs> you know like your visceral reaction is like to just like chuck your your child across the room you know <laughs> and throw the controller at the screen but i didn't do that don't worry i was you know i was like oh sweetheart edie you ruined eddie's game daddy loves you oh <laughs> this closed <laughs> 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 the second one actually is the hardest. Um, oh, it's freaking brutal, man. The the third one is actually a little easier just because you get more stuff. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah, like the actual levels themselves are more difficult, but yeah, yeah. To me, the second one was more difficult. Well, yeah, I'll get through it. Power up my master sword, and um, I've mastered the Lionels, man. I just I make quick work of those things. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yep. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, to end this. which must be done um let me see prequel meme prequel meme prequel (laughs) meme (laughs) oh here you go sam as a as a father to be i have to say this to you okay you are strong and wise and i'm very proud of you (laughs) 
did it. <laughs> Amazing. I'm not going to let that die. Well placed. Well done. Very, 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 very good. Uh, all right. The fun begins. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's another good one. <laughs> this is where the fun begins. <laughs> all awkwardly said. <laughs> oh, man. This, uh, so it's officially concluded. <laughs> Oh, yep, concluded. Uh, we have like an hour and a half of uh, of footage here, so 